on this episode of AV Week, encouraging integrators to secure and update their AV installations, getting more of Vixa Apex dealers, and the benefits of local and regional experience centers. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 364, recorded Friday, August 17th, 2018. Look outside. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Biam and by Chief the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us to talk about the news and information we have gathered this week, first and foremost, her name is Megan Dutta, and she is from SCN. Welcome, ma'am. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, also with us is Mr. Luke Jordan. Luke is from Electroacoustics from the great state of Texas. Welcome, sir. Uh, it's actually the country of Texas, but I'll let that one anymore. slip. Thanks for having me back. You know, it's, it's like 150 years ago or something, you were made a state, so sorry. We allowed y'all to... <laughs> <laughs> we love y'all. All right. <laughs> Last but not least, Clint Hoffman, my buddy from Kramer Electronics, who is the uh, not brand new, uh, but you know, relative in the last two or three months, CEO of Kramer US. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Tim. Glad to be here, my friend. Thank you. And, and congratulations on the on the promotions. There. Appreciate that. Thank you too. Appreciate. It. Um, real quickly, before we get started here, I, I, we're going to do a story about about Crestron getting hacked. I'll start with that. Um, and before we get started. I'll mention the fact that Crestron is an underwriter. They're a supporter financially of, of Aviation. Um, so understand that that's not going to you know, kind of uh, dictate what I say here. The story, though, was, was it's a long story. I'm trying to make it as quickly as possible in, in the next 60 seconds. Wired Magazine ran a story last Friday, a week ago. So we're taping this on uh, August 17th. They ran, the, they ran the first version of this story um, August 10th. Uh, the story was based off of a DEFCON, a DEFCON uh, presentation called Who Controls the Controllers Hacking Crestron IoT Automation Systems. Uh, it was, this was the, the DEFCON conference uh, session was done by Ricky Lachey. Uh, Ricky is, is from, um, uh, is, did the presentation showing how a, a vulnerability that Crestron had could be hacked to access various parts of it and, and access the room. Here's the, 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 the kind of the longer version of that story. Um, Crestron had already released a patch um, from Crestron and we asked, we asked them for a comment, quote unquote, for this is from Crestron. An article was published in Wired Magazine last Friday uh, regarding a presentation at DEF CON in Las Vegas. The article had, uh, had a pre end presentation uh, had a hypothetical um, impact of an already corrected security vulnerability uh, of some of Crestron's products. Specifically, it was a, a Crestron touch panel and an MC3 uh, processor. In keeping with our commitment to security, we discovered potential issues and corrected them in May of 2018 via a firmware update to all of our dealers. Crestron considers the security of our products paramount. In fact, our products are built with the best security in the industry, and Crestron sets the gold standards for network security by leveraging the most advanced um, technologies, including 802.1x. 
AES encryption, Active Directory, and so on and so forth. Quite simply, quote unquote, if, if, if you're interested in, in getting more information about Crestron and their security, you can go to the website and, and this, that, and the other. A um, couple of things with this. Is it an issue that, that Crestron was part of this DEF CON? Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, and this is reminiscent of a hack that was revealed by Ars Technica and AMX two and a half years ago. Um, I'm going to save my comments to the end because I've got very serious ones and I've talked with a number of security uh, experts this week about this. Um, but I'm, I, we're going to start with, with Luke on this. From an integrator standpoint, what can you guys do as an integrator to make sure that, that your products and you, the stuff that you use are, are secure? One of the things that, that both the RS Technica, the, 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 the um, Wired story and Crestron, for that matter, mentioned the fact that there is authentication available in Crestron specific, specifically here, Crestron products. It's not set on by default, though, which means that integrators have to turn it on and they have to set it up. So we'll start with the integrator. Luke, what can you guys do to make sure that the stuff that you put in is not accessible or at least put some barriers uh, in place to make sure that hackers can't easily get to it? Uh, well, we have a whole bunch of people who are smarter than me that work for us. <laughs> so luckily, I'm not the person that has to actually know that. Um, but I think the, the role of the integrator, you know, the reason that, that we still have value and still exist and bridge the gap between the person that uses it and the person that makes it um, is really just our ability to navigate and fix problems before they happen. That's, that's why you hire a good integrator. If the integrator you hire is constantly presenting, hey, here's a problem that we didn't think of or we didn't account for this, you're probably not going to hire them again. You know, you want to work with an integrator that just, they fix problems before you're even aware that it was there. Um, so part of that might be as an integrator, if you're not really, you know, IT heavy, I know the convergence has happened, but you know, not everyone's there, is there are security specialists. If you're doing um, a lot of corporate environments, you know, the, in this article they were talking about, you know, who uses this? Well, it's, it's Microsoft. It's, it's big corporations that have a lot of stuff that they need to keep, a lot of content they need to keep secure. And so if you know the environment you're going into, this is a really big deal. One, you need to know what you're doing. And if you don't, you need to either communicate that up front uh, and so either you're not the right integrator for that job and recognize that before you get yourself into a hole, or you need to hire uh, an outside security consultant. Uh, here in Fort Worth, there's a local corporate security consultant, and their job is to make sure that anything and everything uh, on your network is secure. And so they'll, they'll talk to, you know, just the devices that come into the building and anything that gets put, you know, any node that goes on the, the network is going to be compliant with the strict regulations that they have kind of set aside to say, we're going to keep you protected. And so it might be a good idea. It might even be value added is I'm, I'm coming in as an integrator and say, well, yeah, I'm going to put, you know, all this AV equipment in, I'm going to be able to control it. But we're also so concerned about your security that we brought in somebody who this is all they do. Uh, and that's value added. But I think first and foremost is, is knowing what the problems are uh, and then, having good solutions to fix those before the client is ever, you know, dealing with that. You know, if, if I was an integrator and my client calls me after reading this article and said, Hey, does this affect us? If I could say no, cause we planned for that. I get to keep that client. 
yeah. hands down. And that actually brings up the question I'm going to lead in with, with Clint. One of the issues that, uh, that was brought up to me with some of the security experts I talked to this, this week is the process as it sits right now uh, to get AV systems um, updated on, on security protocols. Um, I mentioned the fact that Crestron was made aware of this. They, they fixed it through firmware um, and gave it out to the dealers. I said this two and a half years ago when AMX had their issue. I will say it again. Firmware is not a security update. This is my opinion. Um, this is as somebody who used to be a tech manager and a programmer, and I used to design systems, and I pulled cable. Firmware is something different, and there is a fundamental issue inside integrators' heads and tech, tech people's heads that firmware can, and can, can sometimes break systems, right? Um, the, the old adage is you don't update firmware remotely, and you don't do it on Friday because sometimes it breaks systems. And this, again, is my opinion. A security patch should not be in firmware. It should be called what it is. It should be called a security update, and it should be handled as such. So, Clint, my question to you is what can manufacturers do to educate and to make dealers aware that, hey, we've been made aware of a system, a security issue. Here is the fix. Please go out and do it and make sure that they do it. Well, um, and it, I think you you actually touched upon it. It's it's calling it what it is, uh, you know, not burying it in. Uh, and I'm not saying that Crestron buried it, um, but not putting it in a uh, a firmware update and calling it a firmware update. It's a security patch. It's an urgent uh, security patch. So you know, they get we get tons of emails. Dealers get everybody that works at dealers gets tons of emails. You know, that might slip past, uh, you know, there's a firmware update. You may or may not feel like I need to do that. And uh, so you, you really got to go full blown with the, uh, and, and, and say it, just like you said, it's a security update and it's important. It's urgent. Uh, you know, sometimes I get those uh, for my PC or for my phone. It's, uh, you know, this is going, you know, this is an important one. <laughs> they, they let you know. It's not just a normal routine one because it's got some security patches to it. Uh so I, it's a catch-22, you know, nobody wants to stand up and say we have a problem, but problems happen and everybody gets that. So they should, they should call it what it is. Megan, actually, the, the Clint makes a good point, and that's the question I'm going to have for you, is this, the AV systems and the AV in, uh, in, industry has gotten to the point where we are on the network, we are on, on we are, you know, internet network devices, whether it's Google or it's Apple or it's Microsoft or it's Kramer or it's Crestron or it's AMX or whoever, nobody's perfect. Hackers are going to hack. They're going to find vulnerabilities. So let's just, let's be adults here and say, okay, these systems are on the network. We're going to find vulnerabilities. Just treat them like they are and, and go from there. Question for you though is, is how big of a story is this? This one landed in Wired magazine, right? On Wired's website. Two and a half years ago it was Ars Technica and, and, um, and AMX. When our, our little industry hits the mainstream like this, how big of a problem or how big of an issue is it for the company that, that is highlighted and honestly for, for the industry at large? I think it's a pretty big problem and I'm surprised that other people haven't picked it up because, you know, like Luke said, we're, we need to, the companies that haven't picked up that they are, need to be IT and AV companies. Those are the ones that I think are going to go away when you're, on the network, you have to be aware of security and say you're Google and someone says, oh, I can get in and 
get in through this Crestron, and I'm just saying Crestron because that was what the article's on, Crestron system and hack the cameras in their executive boardroom. I think it puts you in the frame of mind of, well, they have this security weakness. Have they thought about these other ones? And I think it makes them more susceptible to future hacking. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's move on here to our next story here. This comes to us from Innovate on the Net, uh, Electrosonic, not um, Luke's company, Electroacoustic, but Electrosonic, uh, and a uh, European uh, integrator has qualified for the Avixa AV provider of excellence. Uh, if you've forgotten what that is, that is their Apex uh, system. Um, Clint, I'm going to start with you on this. When you're working with um, integrators and, and you're trying to help them with their business, you know, sell for your, from your perspective, sell more Kramer products, but also help their clients more. When you talk to them about certain certifications and things like the, the Apex um, program, what can you guys do to, to help them get either whether it's Apex or another type of certification uh, to kind of, you know, differentiate themselves from other, other, uh, some of their other competitors? So um, we can help them by uh, making sure that uh, all the material that we provide uh, is uh, got CTSRUs attached to it because I believe CTSRUs and how I believe the number of CTS holders is an important part of the APEX designation, I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's a percentage uh, is, uh, of the people have that designation. So um, ha having it and maintaining it, uh, we, can, we can certainly help in that regard, whether it's general education or specific uh, uh, training relative to Kramer. Uh, we can do that. But, you know, the whole thing with the certifications, it is just so important. Um, I do wish... I do wish that um, the uh, certifications would focus a little bit more these days on some of the uh, real problems that are occurring in the field. Um, you know, let me, let me expand on that for a second. Um, what we're finding more and more, and I'm sure every other manufacturer is finding it as well, is that because of things like EDID, HDCP, handshaking, the number of times something sends an, uh, a handshake versus the number of times something listens for a handshake, the, the, the problems that occur in the field are just astronomical. And, and immediately, the people think, well, it's, the, it's your product. Well, not necessarily. It's the, maybe it's the, uh, the monitor or maybe it's, a, you know, because there's everybody in a digital world, unlike an analog world, there are idiosyncrasies. And, uh, and, and until we get everybody spun up on that, and, and I know it's difficult for, for dealers to pull their solar team out of the field and teach them stuff because they want them out there making money every day, which makes perfect sense. But uh, until we put that in the curriculum and we start addressing that, um, it's, it's, it's difficult times right now to a certain extent. Megan, this is the first time in a, in a while I've seen a story on Apex. And so the question to you is, is how, how can Avixa um, promote this more, I guess, is the best way to ask that. Is, is it just you know, highlighting stories like this um, or is, is there more outreach they can do to, to promote this program? Yeah, I definitely think there's always more outreach that could be done, you know, whether it's like custom content or having companies that have the apex reach out and say, you know, write articles about it or blogs. I mean, SCN, we're very open to blogs. I'm sure other media providers are as well. And I think one of the things that one of the benefits that they don't highlight as much is that when they get more people that get this certification, they're creating standards across the board because part of the requirement is that 15% have to have the CTS certification. So everyone's working on the same level. And then they also have to meet some of the ANSI standards. 
So you're creating just a standard across the industry. So the more companies that have these, the more we're going to be standardized as an industry, which I think is a good thing. All right. Luke, same kind of question. How, how would you encourage Avixa to encourage more integrators to, to get with this program? I'm actually going to address what Clint said first and, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll get to that. Um, I agree. It's very, very difficult. Uh, our company was the ninth worldwide to get apex. It was the first in the Southwest United States and we've had it since um, I think it was right before Infocom 16 is when we got that. Uh, and I mean, the point is that it's, it's a little bit of an exclusive club. Um, it's very difficult, you know, to, to take your, your field crew and, and say, you know, we need you to, to learn this material um, to the point that you can pass the test. But if you can pass the test, but you can't install it on site, that doesn't benefit me as an integrator uh, enough to get that designation, de- designation. So you're really focusing on, on, on training to understand the material and be able to apply it to the point where you're benefiting the people that work for you you know, I'm, I'm now, I've got letters after my name. I know what I'm doing. I can walk into a room confidently. Even if I move on to another company in a couple of years, I've now benefited that employee to the point that they are going to have a better life because they have opened themselves up by having a culture of learning distilled within them. But then it benefits me as an integrator because I can now walk in with a sales pitch and say, we're Apex certified. Your designer has a CTSD. Your installer has a CTSI. Your project manager and your your sales staff all at least have a CTS. Uh, It's not just we think we're pretty good. We know we're good and this is why. So from a sales perspective, it has a lot of value, but it's really hard. And I think that's awesome. (laughs) Uh, As far as how should Avixa be, be marketing that? Uh, I think that they definitely just, they need to, it's, it's relatively quiet. Um, so I don't know if that's a campaign. I don't know if that's, that that's partnering with media outlets. Um, I think definitely sharing stories about I'm an integrator and I, we have apex and this is why that's been good and not just a, a fluff story. You know, let's, let's do a case study, you know, if, uh, apex companies win in this area because of this aspect of apex that makes a difference. Um, but the, you know, the way you got to do that is there's the, the 10 standard, the 10, 2013, which is a collection of a whole bunch of individual uh, ANSI Infocom standards. I did say in- Infocom because they haven't re-upped the standard yet. <laughs> it's coming, but it's you you've got to print those out and you've got to read them and you've got to understand them and then on every project you've got to apply them and and that's it's a lot of work but the end result is you can point to that system and say this is a really good system because we designed it well we understood what you were asking for in the needs assessment programming phase which has its own standard by the way and then when we installed it it met light uniformity and coverage of your 70 volt system and and heat dissipation and all these things that are really important to to systems actually doing what they're supposed to do and then the result of that is our industry gets you know less crap about you know bad things that other parts of the world who don't know what our industry is doing suddenly we're just we're we're the guys that get it done and that's who we are as an industry so i think apex is super important and i think there needs to be a, a bigger push for it, but it also requires integrators to 
step up to the plate and get it done. Mm-hmm, very good. Uh, last story here. Uh, this is something actually Megan and I uh, were, were, were blessed enough to go uh, be a part of. NEC opened their brand new uh, experience center, their briefing center, uh, just outside of Chicago um, in Downers Grove, Illinois. It is a, a three-story uh, facility. Um, it's part of a, a office complex, but two of those stories are actually cobbled together um, right next to, you know, one, one on top of each other, a big open air um, staircase that combines the two. There are several vignettes that highlight things like transportation, quick service, healthcare, retail, education, uh, large venue with, with you know, a large uh, venue projector. Um, it opened the last, uh, the last part of July, I want to say July 31st. Um, it actually, Megan, I want to start with you on this. This is not the first time in Chicago specifically because uh, back in, in April, sure opened their, their experience center. But not just Chicago, all over the country, folks are opening up different you know, regional and, and, and local areas where folks can come and, and see a specific product being demonstrated. How important is that both, first of all, in the U.S. because of our geographic size and the, you know, just the overall square miles of the size of the U.S., but how important is that here but also globally to have those local areas that folks can come and see these products in use? I think it's a smart move for anyone, you know, that can, that can has, you know, the space, the time, the money to do it because you're bringing, especially in terms of end users, you're bringing them in and they get to see how everything works together as a whole. I mean, it's still important for integrators. They get to see the product or the products, you know, in real life, but let's say you're a tech manager at an office building and you don't really understand how all of this works, but when you get in and you see it together and you see how things connect, it makes you, you just get endeared to the experience, I'd say. All right. Luke, from your standpoint as an integrator, do facilities like this help you even bring clients to and, and, and show them uh, systems and, and show them products in use as opposed to bringing in demo gear and maybe bringing them to your office or bringing that demo gear to their office? Eh. Eh, okay. <laughs> I, it, it's, not, it's, it's not a real world uh, experience it, yeah. it's still it, it's it's a bunch of fake walls in a warehouse and it's it, it's you know it's ooh, it's a bunch of video products and and we've got some speakers and we've got some here, here's a fake command center but at the same time what are you monitoring it, it's all just program content it's it's not a real use case um we we focus largely on audio, but there, there's no acoustics. You're not you're not dealing with with real world acoustics, or you know they're not going to put high ambient light in in a room and show off their projectors. They're gonna make it you know at least to a point where their products can still shine. Whereas if I can take uh, and 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 that's geared towards end users more. And and if the the goal is for an end user to go to their integrator and say, we really like this NEC projector that we saw at their experience center. Can you install that? Well, then the answer is yes. And then if that's the goal, then it accomplished that. As an integrator, though, I would much rather spend time with my client and say, tell me what you're trying to create. Tell me what's important to you. And then if we decide that the NEC projector is the way to go and they make great projectors, well then, well, then let's do that. But if we decide it's a direct view LED wall because they want a high visual impact in a, lot, a high ambient light room, well, then I don't, 
I don't want to tell them, well, that's a, not a really good use for this product that you're really in love with. I'd rather take the conversation a different way. So being able to take them to projects that we've done so they can see what the quality of our work looks like. They can interview our previous clients and get an understanding of that design think and work relationship uh, and let us kind of work with them on the budget and products and solutions. To me, that, that works as an integrator better than an end user focused experience center. Mm -hmm. Clint, you're the, you're our manufacturer uh, today. So, you know, from your guys' standpoint, um, do some of these experience centers make sense or to Luke's point, would you rather have, you know, partner with integrators who have used your products in the past and, and, you know, point people to those installations? So I think it has a lot to do with who's building the experience center and who their customers are. Now, Luke is absolutely correct. I think for him, uh, for, a, for an integrator, it's better to take them to a, a job you've already done and be the experts for them, the trusted expert. Uh, but, you know, NEC, um, I'm going to use Samsung as an example. I saw an experience center that Samsung did, in, and they had a lot of our products in it in Israel. And, and you mentioned, Tim, uh, geography. You know, Israel's a small country, so building an experience center, Samsung building an experience center there that had a retail component, a military component, they can bring big-time customers in there and get them uh, spun up on them uh, their product and then hand them off to an integrator who can you know can take it from there. So for, so for, us, for that type of uh, manufacturer, it makes a lot of sense. Um, at the other end, of the, I think it makes a lot of sense, too, for distributors in our market these days, as distributors are becoming you know, more and more prevalent, um, they can put together a whole bunch of different products, and, uh, and, and, and they can even use that as a training tool for the hundreds of people they have on staff that don't really know AV. Uh, but the, the most unique use case I've seen, and the one I like, is uh, uh, BP Marketing has that mobile trailer. It's kind of like the bookmobile when you're a kid in school. Man, I, I used to love when the bookmobile pulled up outside. We were not going to get out of class for a while. It was cool, man. You're walking. You got to get something. And they have that trailer. And, uh, you know, so that's like a mini mobile experience center. Um, and being as they're a, a, a manufacturer's rep and they're covering a number of them, it makes sense for them, too. So it really depends on who you are and what your objective is. All right. Very good. That'll be, uh, that'll be the end word here. Uh, thank you all so much. Uh, Miss Megan Dutta from SCN. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And how you to find us on social at Meg, on Twitter at Megan A. Dutta and SCN at SCN mag. And also just wanted to say we're having our think tank in New York on September 27th. Actually it's in Jersey city, New Jersey. And we have a special code for your listeners, which is AV nation. Wow, there you go. And using that code, you will get free admission. Very cool. So those of you in the Northeast, go and, and use that code. So uh, also with us is Mr. Luke Jordan from Electroacoustics. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. And how do people find you or Electroacoustics? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Jordan EAVI. My tweets are my own. My thoughts are not. And you can find us at Electroacoustics at EAVI.com. All right. Very good. Uh, and last but not least, Mr. Clint Hoffman from Kramer. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. Uh, you can find Kramer at www.kramerav.com. And I, I will point out, Luke likes to text a lot too, so keep an eye on your phone. Yes.
If he has your number, look out for your phone. So, um, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me on the Twitters. I'm already bemoaning the Bears season. Uh, but go by the website if you would please, avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. While you're there, please check out our underwriter section. These are the folks who help us and support us financially and help us bring you AV Week and all the others. And Kramer's is one of those. So we thank them for their support. Uh, about two or three weeks from now, we'll also be bringing you CDA. So Matt Scott, Rich Fergoza. Uh, and a host of other folks will be bringing you everything from CDA Expo 2018 from San Diego, and I'll get to hang out with Megan again, so that'll be fun. Uh, all that and more at avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week.